What are the secrets of those extraordinary individuals that have achieved extraordinary success? Listen to their stories, discover their knowledge bursts, make those connections. Get ready. It's time to start moving forward. John Lim here, and we're moving forward with part three of our extraordinary individuals in the world of music with Vera Volchensky. Vera is a conductor and serves as the director of the Millersville University Orchestra. Vera has worked with instrumental and choral ensembles in Russia, Eastern Europe, and the United States. Vera was formerly a conducting fellow with the American Academy of Conducting in Aspen, and was a 2013 finalist for the prestigious The American Prize Award. She is also a Fulbright Award winner. Welcome, Vera. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, John? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to share your story with our listeners. So, Vera, I only touched a little bit on your background, and I was wondering if you could share a little more about yourself and your career journey with our listeners. Uh, Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, my career journey uh, has been a long one. Mm. Um, started probably when I was just three years old. And I have a great story that I can share. Yeah, please do. Uh, yeah, okay. Now, it's I didn't know it until very recently. And it isn't a story about mature decision-making either. <laughs> so okay, I hope it's okay, well, perfect. Okay. So when I was three years old, my father took me to a concert. Mm-hmm. My father is a professional violinist. And he says that when the music started, I stood up on my seat and I looked very serious as I was listening. And at the end of the concert, when the curtains closed, I continued to stand. (laughs) Yeah, and I wasn't moving around either. Wow. So my father says that I was in the zone. Yeah. And he realized then how deeply I was touched Mm. by this music. And um, that's when he thought that I was destined to become a musician. Now, he only shared this with me and actually not with me but with my sisters first just about a year ago really yeah wow that's a great story now did your father intend for you to become a musician is that something that he dreamed about or is that something that he wanted you to just sort of discover on your own he well his heart is in music he his career is is intertwined with um, musical things and he's a writer he's a poet he also is a minister at a church so he does a lot of th- mm. you know he teaches right now teaches violin at a school so he does a lot of things he's also he just also turned 75 oh wow wonderful he was wonderful. born the year of the war in stalingrad um which is where my you know story begins um in volgograd yeah, please continue. Share your story. I know our listeners are really interested to learn all about you. So were you, were you there uh, at age three in that experience of standing up on, yes. on the seat? Yes, that was in Volgograd. Um, and, you know, it was formerly called Stalingrad in the 1920s. So people may know it, you know, in, in different names. Um, it's famous for the the Battle of Stalingrad, which was depicted in several films including the stalingrad and enemy at the gates Mm -hmm. um so and my story starts when i was a child that i can remember myself living in a house built by my grandmother wow practically literally after she and her family returned from the evacuation Mm -hmm. so the life was very very simple um we had a wood stove for heating inside no air conditioning no running water inside and um but a really, really nice garden, and we grew all kinds of th- fresh things there. And my sister and I would help 
our parents' garden, and we would go to school, go to music school, and then we would follow our dad around when he uh, fixed his motorcycle. We climbed trees, jumped off the roofs. We loved to steal apples from trees mm. in the neighborhood, played with uh, cats who were homeless, and so babysat our sisters. So it was kind of a wild um, childhood. Yeah. And yeah. then... Yeah, and we, when we immigrated to the United States, we landed in San Francisco. And when did you come to the United States? Oh, I'm not going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> no? I'm going to tell you that I turned 13. Oh, so, wow. To avoid any mathematical conclusions. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I was 12 when we came and two months after I turned 13. Yes, yeah, so I, by that time, I was the oldest of five sisters. And that's a different topic on its own. And... So in a way, I started to uh, discover myself as a teenager without really realizing that at the time. And I was also um, rediscovering myself because I was in a new and kind of overwhelming environment. Um, I only knew a couple of English words when we came. I knew how to say school, pupil, and how do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably a couple more. Um, so logically, I was the shyest girl in school. And I tried to practice pronouncing new words without accent. But of course, the accent just didn't go anywhere. It improved, but it didn't go away. Um, And then things went from there. I went to college. Um, I had temporary and very odd jobs uh, in teleservices. I worked at a courthouse. I worked uh, in housekeeping. I went to graduate school and then completed my doctoral program and... uh, won the Fulbright Award, to, um, which allowed me to go back to St. Petersburg. Well, not go back. Um, I was not born in St. Petersburg, but to go back to Russia and be in St. Petersburg and explore new things about my career. That's great. And well, Vera, at what age did you know that conducting was the career path that you wanted to, to follow? Um, a little bit later. Yeah. Well, uh it was after college, before grad school. Um, it's actually one of my failure stories. <laughs> really? We'll definitely get to that. So, Vera, before we do get to that, so, Vera, how do you get inspired each morning to conquer the day? Live enzymes. <laughs> Live enzymes. Okay, so can you expand on that? Well, I'd love to say that my morning ritual involves um, a morning jog and you know, watching the sunrise and listening to bird songs. But I actually have um, low energy in the morning. It's caused by an autoimmune thyroid condition. Mm -hmm. And um, so I really need some real things like vitamins and minerals. And I take Body Balance, which is a um, nutritional drink. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I have iced tea or not iced tea, I'm sorry, green tea or hot chocolate. Um, so that leaves me with great tastes and lots of energy. And after that, I'm ready to conquer the, the world. I think that's so important. And for moving forward listeners, it's, you know, starting off your day for some people, it is physical exercise, it's activity, but nutrition is also so, so critical to that. So Vera, I'm really glad that you shared that with uh, our listeners today. Well, Vera, as you know, part of the career journey is about facing setbacks and failures. So I was wondering if you can share a time when you failed and a lesson you learned about when it's the right time to pivot or shift course. Uh, Certainly. 
um, what I learned is to trust my heart and follow my dreams, as cliche as that sounds. Um, as a violinist, uh, I was accepted to University of California, and I was 14. Um, and I took music courses sitting next to grown-up university students, and it was really exciting. Uh, my professor, Dr. Ward Fainley, um, after teaching me for a semester, told my father that I should go to New York to study at a, a Juilliard pre-college division, uh, which is a very prestigious music school. Yes. Um, and, of course, my family couldn't afford anything like this. This was a year after we landed with our suitcases. So Dr. Fainless said he will pay for me because he said that he see he can see me becoming the next Sarah Chang. Wow. Um, yeah. And he would play me videos of Sarah Chang all the time. But I was 14, and I just couldn't see being detached from my family. And my youngest sister was two years old at that time. And I was just really scared, so I didn't go. And I remember um, every detail of the fights that I had with my dad in the car. Mm -hmm. He was taking me um, to, to my lessons, to my violin lessons. He said, but you don't understand, you're going to become famous. And I said, I don't want to become famous. I just want to be me. Wow. And then to make things work worse, I actually developed a carpal tunnel syndrome from over-practicing and I had to stop playing completely. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And right now, uh, to me, this feels like a tragedy. Uh, this is when a possibility of me becoming a solo concert violinist was slipping away and slipped away forever. So when we moved to Pennsylvania, and right after high school, I started a pre-law program at Gannon University. And I wanted, at that point, to become an attorney and a senator. And actually, interestingly, during my first year there, we hosted Justice Antonin Scalia. Oh, wow. Yeah, who came to talk to our class. And I was excited to be in the program. And then I was invited to a concert where I realized that my soul wasn't at peace with me and that I will never feel complete um, without music. Yeah. So I started physical therapy. I transferred to a different school and got a bachelor's degree in violin performance. And John, even after that, I heard my mom say that uh, to someone that she wanted me to become an attorney. Mm. So I thought, why not give it a try? And I studied for the LSAT for a couple of weeks. And I took the test. I was accepted to a few schools. And I chose a school in Boston, which is where I, I always wanted to be. And also, at the same time, I applied for master's in conducting to Eastman School. And... This was the third time that I was at the very same crossroads. And I decided to follow my heart. And now I perform in my tuxedo jacket as a conductor. So. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. And for moving forward listeners, I think a couple of very important takeaways from that story. Number one, very powerful statement that you made is that it's not, and you discover this at an early age and i think it's so rare to have that kind of insight you didn't want to be famous even though there was the possibility for you to become world renowned you wanted to be you that statement really really resonated with me and i know that for some people it takes them years sometimes even decades to come to the realization i shouldn't be chasing after 
something external like becoming rich or becoming famous. Really, at the end of the day, you need to be you. You need to chase after you. And I think that is so, so important. The other thing that I think is so illustrative of your story is that you have a passion. It was there since you were age three, but then you had not only the pressures uh, and the tensions with your family as to whether or not to go to New York or to to stay with your family. But you also had an injury, an injury that potentially could have just derailed any possibility of having what you thought would be your future in music. And then you were able to make that shift and make that transition and find that you could use your passion for music and channel it into a career that has been so fulfilling and one that gets you up every morning. Yes, exactly. That's what I believe became um, my first, gave me the first inspiration to start to pursue conducting because I loved music. I loved uh, orchestral music, um, And yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, Vera, we're now going to move into something that I call the Knowledge Burst Session. And this is where our guests share three game-changing resources and tips that our listeners can use and benefit from to start moving forward. So Vera, and I always love asking artists and musicians this, and I want to ask you to pick one and share with our listeners, has there been any particular media? And you can choose a particular movie, book, song, orchestral piece. And I'm going to add to this cultural experience that inspired you to move forward. So I recently read a book. uh, It's called Parting with Illusions. Hmm. It was published actually in 1990 in in English. Um, Although I believe it was just reprinted recently in Russian translation. It's written by Vladimir Posner, um, who is a journalist um, and a writer. He is also uh, a political commentator and a TV talk show host on uh, Russian television right now. Um, and he is a citizen of three countries, the United States, France, and Russia. Wow. Yes. Um, the book is somewhat autobiographical. Um, it depends depicts his uh, birth in Paris, his childhood years in New York, and his life in Berlin. And now, of course, he lives in Moscow, so his adult life in Moscow. Um, And all of this happens at one of the most interesting time periods in the European history. Um, So he was able to experience the cosmopolitan lifestyle, communism, capitalism, um, all of those things. And this book, I think, is an attempt to, for him to really sur- uh, look at life and look at the world from a perspective of someone who is uh, perceptive and also someone who loves freedom and someone who is looking for, um, in a way, looking for identity. And for me, this book has been eye-opening and because and all, almost revelatory because uh, from reading it, I realized that many people who seem grounded and successful may be unable to clearly answer the question who they are yeah. or what culture they belong to. Um, and perhaps answering these questions may not even be crucially important to their uh, happiness and fulfillment in, in life. Yeah. Well, that's a really important lesson. And what was it about that particular revelation that inspired you? You know, I uh, was always searching myself uh, for my identity as I 
um, you know, mentioned earlier, in, you know, in the interview, um, because I'm, I kind of have this duality uh, that is part of me, duality of cultures, languages. Um, and so, you know, for a long time, I tried to fit in uh, here or there. And for me, what was inspiring is that being yourself and and maybe looking for your identity is great, but not being able to say, okay, yes, I'm American, or yes, I'm Russian, is also okay. It's okay to be Russian-American. Yeah. You know, it's okay to, to have, to not be able to answer things in the most direct way, yeah. and to have... Um, well, you, ha- you, are the, you are the benefit of having two different cultures and having those different experiences, which can be confusing when you're trying to search for that identity and sometimes when you're trying to search for a purpose. But then embracing the fact that you have this duality can be a real asset and really can be a powerful motivator to move forward. Share a daily practice or habit for prioritizing and managing your time. Um, well, aside from electronic calendar, <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> electro- which electronic calendar are you? Apple. Are you yeah, yeah, Apple. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I still make black and white to do lists. Yeah, uh, they work for me. Yeah, um, uh, pen and paper. Pen and paper, and but in terms of staying focused and grounded, uh, for me, spending time alone actually is the key. Yeah. Um, I you know I spend a lot of time lecturing, rehearsing, being around the university students. And I typically teach um, about 200 uh, students every semester. So I'm constantly giving knowledge and information and also energy. And f- I realize that f- the, the key to be able to give and to actually to be a successful teacher and a conductor and to be able to give energy is to have a source of energy inside to be able to replenish it. And you know, sometimes we're encouraged, uh, you know, um, by everyone around to be social, to meet, talk, bounce ideas. And it's great. And I do that. Um, but for me, it is also important to focus and to, you know, to replenish the energy and to work behind the closed door sometimes to just be by myself. Absolutely. I think that is so important. And moving forward, listeners, while it's important to make those connections and relationships, it's also important to reflect and reset and re-energize by having that me time. I think that's really important. Well, Vera, also share, if you have one, a favorite app, website, or productivity hack, and I know you talked about your to-do list, that was a game changer for you. I love artsjournal.com. Oh, okay. And I always go there. Are you familiar with it? No, I'm not. Can you share a little bit about how it works with our listeners? Well, it's it's a um, it's a website which is a digest really of um, the upcoming news. Well, the news in the arts and the culture, and it's very easy to navigate through. It's brief. It has little pictures, little tabs, and I always go there to get a glimpse of what's happening in the arts today. Um, and there are websites now with similar names. Um, this one is artsjournal.com. Artsjournal.com. That's great. We'll have that posted on our website. Thank you for sharing those. Sure. 
Moving forward, listeners, we've partnered with Amazon, so you can purchase many of the great books, media, and resources shared by our extraordinary guests. Now, if you purchase through these links directly off of the blog post, we do receive a small commission, but it will not cost you anything extra to do so. Of course, if you prefer, you can go straight to Amazon.com and purchase these media recommendations if you like. Again, our ultimate goal here is to share these knowledge bursts so that you can benefit and move forward. You can find these resources and all of Vera's amazing knowledge bursts at bemovingforward.com under the blog post for today's episode. Vera, we have listeners from many different backgrounds, walks of life, and in many parts of the world. And we have some listeners who may be struggling to find their passion, their purpose, or even their identity. What is the one thing that our listeners can start doing today to start moving forward? Find a door that is open in front of you and take it. (laughs) Yeah, that's Uh a great one. Yeah, I think it's important to be able to discern between things that are intended and not intended for you. Um, Always have a passion, but also be able to recognize which doors are open specifically for you uh, because it's much easier to go into the open door um, rather than knocking at a door that is closed. I love it. I love it. It's a great analogy for looking at what opportunities there are, especially during those moments. And you shared it so poignantly when you talked about your setback and failure. For some people, it's really hard to get past something like that, especially something that can be painful and tragic. But there's always going to be another opportunity. There's always going to be, as you put it, another door that you can look at that can lead you to the path so that you can move forward. Vera, what is next for you? Well, one of um, my upcoming projects is a collaboration with a friend from graduate school from Eastman. Oh, wonderful. Um, he's a concert violinist, um, also a professor at San Francisco University, also an award-winning photographer and a pilot. Oh, f- wow. <laughs> multiple, <laughs> multiple talents there, right? Right. Um, his can name you is- share a little of what the project is? Yes. Um, his name is Yasin Tadorov. Um, and let me tell you a little bit more about the way that he works as a photographer and then because uh, the project will kind of combine the two. Absolutely. Um, so the the thing, uh, the unique thing about Yasin is that he shoots mostly during his private flights. So his photos are from, from the air, from above. Um, and they're really unique and, and many of them are breathtakingly beautiful. Um, so he will perform um, on violin with the or- with Millersville University Orchestra and myself, he will play Mendelssohn Violin Concerto, and in this concert we will also feature um, his photos as part of the performance. So that will be really exciting. I love it. I love combining the visual medium with the music. I think that is really, uh, really, really fascinating. Right. Absolutely, that's very exciting, Vera. Well, congratulations on that. Yes, well, sh- oh, well, this will air on, on in the summer, so that will be past. perfect. Perfect, Vera. <laughs> so, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about your work? Yes, of course. Uh, well, the website uh, works, LinkedIn, and or even Facebook. Okay, uh, and what is the website again? 
VeraVolchansky.com. VeraVolchansky.com. We'll have that posted on our website. Vera, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us today and to share your journey and your knowledge births with our listeners so they can move forward. Thank you so much. This has been great. Awesome. Thank you so much. Moving forward, listeners, as we wrap up our three-part series on extraordinary individuals in music, and if you're new to Moving Forward, if this is the first episode that you're listening to, welcome. I hope you'll go back and listen to the past two weeks because we've had an extraordinary series of guests from Matt Thomas and Ryan Keaton, Jordan Randall Smith, and today, Vera Volchensky. One theme that has really, really stuck out is that these individuals are so passionate And I think you have to be passionate to pursue a career in music, but it is also filled with a lot of challenges and potential setbacks. It's not an easy career path. And what each of these individuals has demonstrated is not only the passion, but the ability to pivot, to change if they need to, sometimes in radical directions. So today's story, Vera, she she was on her way to becoming a superstar violinist, and having that setback, not only the tensions with her family, but an injury that prevented her from pursuing that further. And then she was able to use that not to see it as a failure, but to pivot and to find her passion in conducting. I think that is so inspirational. Moving forward, listeners, what I want you to do is take a look at your life. If what you're doing doesn't excite you, now remember, Vera had that crossroads where she was thinking about going to law school, and that's a route that I chose early on in my career. She was studying for the LSATs, but ultimately, her passion tugged at her enough so that she stuck with music, and it wasn't an easy road, but as you can hear from her story, it is the more fulfilling road for her. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't pursue law. If that's what you want to do, do it, but make sure you're doing it for the right reason. You're not doing it to get rich. You're not doing it for fame. Whatever you decide to pursue, there's got to be a purpose there. Of course, you have to make a living. Of course, you have to pay the bills. Of course, if you're running a business, you have to be profitable, but at its core, it's got to be part of who you are. You can't conform yourself to something and spend 40, 50, 60 years doing it if it's not part of your passion, if it's not part of your purpose. You're not going to love every single minute of it. That's not to say all of it's going to be, you know, peachy and creamy and and easy. It's going to be a lot of hard work. It's going to be a lot of setbacks, but it's the passion that drives you to do it that's going to keep you moving forward and pivoting and finding and adjusting and making those course corrections. This was really, I really love this series, and I hope whether or not you're a music lover that you were able to get the knowledge bursts from all of these guests who have spent their career and their passion in music, and I hope you can take that and move forward. And to learn more about Vera and our other extraordinary guests, check us out at bemovingforward.com. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Join us next week with another extraordinary guest who's going to inspire you to move forward. Have a great week. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.